Welcome to Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast, where we hear real stories from real people and we tackle all sorts of fun topics in the areas of business, marketing, entrepreneurship, mindset, the arts, and well, life itself. It's amazing what you'll pick up. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back, everybody. Darren Saul here. It's Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast. Episode 185. I hope everybody's doing well. I have the fantastic Bettina Dida in the house. Hello, Bettina. Hi, Darren. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I'm really looking forward to the show. Today, everybody, we're going to be chatting about a great concept, Dare to Dance, how to adopt a new perspective of life by embracing change. Now, Bettina was born and raised in Germany, where she worked for 16 years in public relations. In 2008, she moved to Australia with her husband and two boys, six and three years old, and started a new chapter in her life. She started her creative journey and immersed herself in design, art, writing, and dancing. At the end of 2016, age 51, a 90-minute massage literally changed her life and became the catalyst for change in 2017. She decided to separate from her husband of 23 years, started an online business alongside her content writing work, and made the courageous decision to go back to dance school. Bettina's memoir has just been published. It's called Dare to Dance. So Bettina, wow, what a story. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> now, I can't wait to get into this content because, you know, I'm always fascinated by mindset and, you know, how people react to things in life and how they turn their life around and, you know, use positivity and use their drive to keep going forward. But before we get into all that, I'd love to hear your story and particularly what happened in that massage. <laughs> You're not the only one asking that, <laughs> I know it sounds so cheesy, like in a soap opera. <laughs> now, look, it's um, yeah. Look, uh, maybe I'll just start a bit early. What well, you mentioned already. So I'm originally from Germany, and I had, you know, I I was quite happy with my life there. You know, I had uh, I was married. I had two boys. I had a great job. Everything was sort of settled, and you know, going along nicely so so you kind of think that's it but I had always this feeling I wanted to work more creatively and do more creative stuff yeah. but I like life happens and I never really did it you know I, I worked in PR in um, tech, techno you know in the tech space in yeah. IT and I liked my job but it was not really creative in that sense you know yeah. so and when my husband at the time came home one day in 2007 and said look then he I have to say he's German Australian so he, uh -huh. he was born here in Australia but we met in Germany oh, wow. and he said he said look um, I got a job offer in Sydney and I knew when we met he never made that like a secret or something he said look I don't want to spend my whole life here in Germany he was in Europe for up 16 years or so oh. overall and I said I, at some point I want to go back to Australia my retirement I want to spend in Australia anyway so I I knew you know that would come at some point and anyway it happened then in 2007 and um so I thought and this was at first I thought oh my god oh my god <laughs> what is now going but then we kind of 
you know, made looked at it from different angles and our older son was just uh, in 2008 would have started school and yeah. we thought oh it's maybe a good time now and he can start school in australia yeah and by the way what did your husband do just so i know oh uh, he was he's a finance director um okay. in at the time he was also in it Right. Usually he was the most of his, I think, career was in IT and software um, businesses, but finance. Yeah. Great. Okay. So um, anyway, so and I felt and that was the first thing. And I only realized like that also only came back to me when I started writing about my life. I, I realized at that point, I thought I had this feeling I have to do this now because this is my chance. If I don't do this now, I will sit forever in that job. I would wow. still be working there, I guess. And um, and I just feel I have to do it. Anyway, so we, we said, okay, let's do it. So wow. we kind of organized everything and it took about eight months. And then we sold everything in Germany, like like a house, the cars, everything. You know, we didn't wow. want to have like one foot in Germany and one foot in Australia. Yes. And so we came here. And for me, that was a total... Yeah, a new chapter in my life, literally, because I left everything behind what that meant something to me, you know, sure. like my my friends, my family, my job, my career, whatever. And um, and for my husband, he was only coming home yes. and starting a new job in That's another right. city, That's basically, right. yeah. you know. So anyway, so but what that then did was I sort of had to reinvent myself. And I finally and I thought this is my chance. I'm doing some creative stuff now. I had no idea what that was. And so I kind of <laughs> I started literally doing art classes. Okay. I always wanted to do art classes. I never got around in Germany. So I went to okay. different art schools, Julian Ashton. Um, in Manly to an artist then I was in a national art school I did like these courses you can do yeah over a term or a weekend were you and were I, you an artist as a kid did you do art oh no, no but I have a very arty creative family okay a few of my uncles are architects and uh-huh. kind of in that creative you know, they're all good at drawing and painting so there was something in the family but I I never got around to do it somehow okay. Yep. And um, so I, and then I ended up after that year, that was the first year we were here in 2009 or so, I ended up at the um, International School for Color and Design. And there I started, um, you know, I studied color and design, like this is sort of TAFE-like thing, you know, like mm-hmm. it went a part-time or full-time course. It went over one and a half years. I did a color design diploma and yeah. which then, kind of encouraged me to self-publish my my first book downsize with style it was in 2014 so I did that um and then I started writing and that came from all of you know it kind of evolved it came okay, out yeah, of yeah. the from the book publishing story it came I started writing house features for design magazines and which then led to my copywriting work what I'm gotcha. doing now so so you're obviously always very creative and very artistic you know yeah I know writing art I mean you had that flair always but that was and I said that in my book Australia has treated me well because I would never have done all of that stuff in Germany I know that is I had this feeling so I kind of explored all these things and in 2015 I had this again this feeling I wanted to write about my life and that is when my 
creative writing journey started and we can talk about that a bit later because what you know what if people want to write a book or so what what sure. can help them so I, I did that I started writing and then in 2016 that was this year you know it was a bit of a weird year like you know I, the whole year was a bit crazy I don't in different areas <laughs> of my life I thought what is going here and happening there and I don't know and what not and then I entered like this unsettling phase of menopause for yeah, women. Right, yeah. And it was all came together. And anyway, so we went to this um, wellness retreat in the hinterland of Byron. And I was the first time, I was there several times before, but the first time actually my husband went with me. And so I had this, the moment we stepped on this property, I knew something was going to happen. It was all very spiritual and really strange to me. And I had no idea what actually happened, but I got these messages and I heard things and people said something. And I was oh like, my God. Yeah, yeah. It was really kind of a bit scary almost because I was not used to, to this sort of, right. you know? Wow. And then I had this massage, as I said, on the very symbolic, on the 31st of December in 2016, last day of the year. I had oh, my God, on 31st of December. Oh, my God. Kauna massage. <laughs> and I had no idea what, like two days before, I had no idea what a kahuna massage is. But I, I had them... I had some, you know, I did some Googling and I had the guy who did the massage actually before that in a normal relaxation massage. We had nice. a package. Anyway, I spoke to the receptionist in the spa and said, what is this kahuna thing about? And she said, oh, this is a very um, interesting treatment. It's like a um, very spiritual. It's a, uh, you, it comes from Hawaii. It's used for rites of passages oh, for, you wow. know, when, teenagers you grow into a in a different state in your life you know anyway and I did yeah I said okay I want to have that I want to do that I just use do they use particular chemicals or no 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 no, no. but it's a different style of massage it's it's a dance actually oh really it is a spiritual dance and the, the 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 therapists who are trained in kahuna there is several levels um there is a big in, uh, a great or very well known institute in queensland um that trains where I, I all the therapists i had in australia in kahuna they have all been there <laughs> anyway so it's um as I said, it, it's a different style of massage. It the the therapists work with their hands and arms, mm -hmm. and um, also across the whole body. It's not like normally if you go to a massage, it's very isolated. They do start on the back and then do a leg and another leg and the arm and the arm, you know. And this one is literally it goes across the whole body at the same time. It's right. kind of a different style, and it's literally. Yeah, it's a dance, and I will never forget. I this is chapter one of my book. It's called a conversation without words. Love it. And um, I don't want to go into much detail because it's like too too. If we get too sidetracked, I guess. But people can read about it. I I try to um, describe it as as authentically as it was and have what I felt. But for me, it was so profound and. I did know, didn't know at the time that I had actually a spiritual awakening because I was never very spiritual. Mm -hmm. It's, but I have to say, when I came here to Australia, I started like right in 2010, I started practicing yoga. Okay. And I've been at that point, I have 
been practicing for seven years already. Wow. And I did a lot of yoga and a lot of meditation, which I never done in Germany. I learned all of yeah. it. So I kind of you liked, really kind of opened your your yeah. um way to My receive antennas. <laughs> yeah, the antennas to receive spiritual messages. Yeah, yeah, I know. And so um I I was the only thing I I felt like some I felt something I had never felt before. It was at one point, I always say that it sounds so weird, but I felt like the therapist and I, we are one person. Oh and there was a total soul connection. And anyway, so the massage went over, went by, you know, 90 minutes. And then I was so confused. I, I mean, I, you know, he said, how are you? Are you feeling okay? And he <laughs> said, it can be very... Um, Kahuna massage can have a very extreme reactions in people. Some start to cry. Some are totally euphoric and oh whatnot. And I, yeah, I was very peaceful. I was so peaceful. And I said, but I, I didn't say that to him. He then went off to his next guest, you know, and I was <laughs> sitting there. And the only thing I cut in my head was like, something is going to change. Something is going to change. This you knew that that was a trigger that had been yeah. set. It was like a tape, but I couldn't make sense of it. So next day, we are flying home, and I was so confused that I could not, I could not do anything. My children drove me crazy. The boys, I said, just leave me alone. I couldn't work. Yeah, I was like, I said, I, I'm, I get, I, I get crazy. I need to talk to someone, and that's when I then. Um, I remembered I had met a life coach a couple of months earlier in a networking group, and I thought, I need to call this woman. Mm-hmm. I remember as a teacher, I need to talk to someone. And so I started working with her, and that was not easy either because uh, – and, and then now we are in 2017. This was my biggest year of change, and that is basically the core of the memoir as well. Right. Um, I – yeah, from – we w- worked through a lot of stuff. It was not comfortable. It was awful at times. But at after three months, I realized what was going to change. And that was that my marriage had come to an end mm-hmm. a long time ago. And you never had any perception of that? You never thought anything about that before? Yeah, of, yeah. you know, of course I did. And I remember I, I was journaling. When I started writing my book in 2015, I, I started journaling a lot. And at some point, and I still have that journal, I have all my journals, I wrote in that book for myself, you know, where is my marriage going? Mm-hmm. I knew there was something, but you know how it is. I mean, maybe you don't know, but I, I came from Germany with my husband. I thought, what the heck am I going to do? I can't leave this marriage. What, what am I going to do? What happens with my children? And yeah. I was like, it was so scary. And how can I survive by myself in Sydney? It's so expensive, you know, like all the stuff oh my God. in my head. And I kept just suppressing the emotions and and the topic at all, I never spoke to my husband about it, which was yep. not great either. You know, I mean, I'm, it was how it was. And but at some, at this massage was such a catalyst for change, and it brought up. I I knew now it's done. I can't wow. keep pretending any longer that I'm the happily married wife and mother and whatnot. Yeah. Because the people around us, they all thought we are the happiest, you know, couple and it's all nice. You know, we have a nice house here on the northern beaches and two nice children and everything looked great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so outside, everybody built fantastic. You don't know what you, people, that's how I say, you don't know people's stories. They yeah. can look as great as whatever, what's going on. And even my husband even didn't know it. You know, <laughs> it was not that we, I just had that in me. And yeah. so with that work with the life coach, I'm so grateful for this woman at the time. She, without her, I could not have managed that year, you know. It, it was, she helped me with so many things. And, and I did so much work on myself, which was so uncomfortable. Oh my God. It was I'm like, sure it was. sometimes I didn't want to go back. I thought, no, I'm not going back to this thing. This is like, what, like the session was so awful. What's going to happen this week? You know, how, like, how often did you see her once a week? Or? Yeah. In the beginning, it once was a once a week, almost, I'd say, I'd say for the first three months or so. Oh, yeah. And but then when I had this clarity that I wanted to leave my marriage and she was like the mo- the day I said to her, I said one morning, I said, you know what? I know now what's going on here. I'm done with this marriage. It's oh over. God. It has been over for a long time. And she only said, I was waiting for you to tell oh me. Oh my God. Yeah. And so, and then, but then it was scary, super scary again, because I said, what am I now doing? You, you know, came because, to a new country with your family. Yeah. Everything was new, new job, new world. And yeah. now you're. And also, then, you know, the scary thing to talk to my husband. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, I needed to talk to him. You know, I could not <laughs> assume he would get that at some point. You know, <laughs> that's right. I, I mean, I don't want to go too much indeed to detail about that, but it's. I made, you know, I, I made, I talked to him obviously. And, and then the year went on, it was very challenging. Um, but it was luckily we found an amicable solution and we are still just to calm everyone down. We're still friends now, you know, it took a while, but we are now it's four years ago, you know, like, or longer, even five years. So it's, um, you know, we got divorced then um, a year later or so, and and we are still friends, and we look after our sons who are now t- like grown up, twenty and seventeen. Right. Um, it's all good, and it was the right decision. It, wow. But um, and going back at the time, it was very scary. I mean, obviously, you went to the life coach. That, yeah, exactly. That was, a, that was also a you know a therapeutic um, process. But you had to obviously do a lot of work on yourself. Yeah. Where did you find the strength? Where did you find the skills? And, um, you know, to embrace change, to empower that whole process. Yeah. So, look, definitely in my yoga community at the time, in 2017, I was literally every morning in the yoga studio. And this place was for me and this whole, whole atmosphere, that spiritual um, element of yoga and then also I read a lot of Buddhist books okay great um I very much um I'm I grew up a, a Christian you know I'm I'm christened and whatever I, I was not very super religious but I I am Christian and and so I um I believe in something not that it's God as such, but there is. A, when I've discovered the Buddhist philosophy of life, yep. for me, it's kind of it's a religion, a world religion. But I don't see it so much as a no, religion. No, no. Buddhism is a, is a is a philosophy as well. Uh, yeah, how you live and and I was like literally, what's the the word? Like I couldn't get enough books, you know, reading from Buddhist monks and nuns and whatnot, and. Right. Um, 
that helped me a lot. And then I I started journaling a lot, you know. So I literally, that was my, every night I would write everything that was in my head in this journal. I have tons of journals from all the, that time. And it was kind of helping me as if I talked to a friend, you know, or someone. I could just write everything Um that was the thing. And then also, yeah, a lot of meditation and just mindfulness and trying to um, one strategy that the coach, she, she recommended, and that was a really good recommendation, was not to kind of look too far ahead, like yeah, one day at take a time. Take it one step at a time, yeah. Because I got like literally in March when I decided, okay, I need to talk to my husband. There's no way around that. I had no idea. I, I did not know where I would be at Christmas. Yeah. And this scared me because I'm quite, I'm German. I'm quite organized. <laughs> I like to know where I'm going. You know, this sort of, oh, it doesn't really matter. Mentality, that's not me. Like yeah, this, yeah. oh, let's just live every day and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So I was, but I, the moment I started thinking about six months down the line, I got totally panic attacks you know like oh my god no I can't do this so I can't literally said okay let's do tomorrow what am I going to do tomorrow and I literally went one by one and yeah so there's and then I realized and that's the thing when you kind of make a decision to embrace change which is uncomfortable because we are all change resistant. Most people, you know, it's kind of, we don't know. No. And we all run away from change as fast as we can. Yeah. But it's um, the moment and and yoga, again, the yoga community and the teachers, one of the guys at the time said in one of the lessons, in one of the classes, we learn um, not to let uncertainty turn into fear. Oh, I like that. And I, I'm like, and that was what happened to me. Oh, I'm still up getting chill. But all the time in that year, every time I needed to hear something, someone said it somewhere. Wow. And so I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Don't let uncertainty turn into fear. And so I wrote all that down, you know, or once one said, um, I, I would, then another one said like, uh, um, you know, if you get thrown in the middle of a fire because life throws you all these curveballs and whatnot, um, as a yoga a practitioner, or you, you know, you learn how to um, how, how to sit in that space and kind of and think about between an um, some an event that happens to you and your response. There is this space where you can make a decision exactly. how you want to react. Yes. So they, they, you know, you learn to sort of detach and kind of look, step back and think, okay, this just happened. Yeah. 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 What am I now doing? Yeah. Do I react like crazy and scream at people or do I kind of think about it? And so they, there was all that stuff, you know, over yeah, the year. And I got these little tips and things and I thought, oh my God, this is good. Yeah. I need to, to take that. But on you know what the interesting on. thing is? The interesting thing is that we all hear these things around us all the time, but we don't listen to them. Whereas you were obviously hypersensitive at that point, at that period, to welcoming these messages, your antennas were up, and you heard and you heeded all these interesting little yeah. bits of, of philosophical wisdom, and you yeah. actually embraced them. Yeah, 
And yeah, that's, I guess that is, but that was how the situation I was in. I knew I needed, I knew I just needed to keep walking that really rocky road or whatever you want to call it or tunnel. And I knew at some point there will be light at the end of this tunnel and I will come out of it, but I just have to trust. And that's also Buddhist so much, Buddhist philosophy, trust and have faith that it will all happen for you when the time is right. And I mean, one other really simple example, like when I then said, okay, I need, I'm going to separate from my husband. And then the next panic attack came five seconds later. Oh my God, I need a lawyer. I never worked with a family lawyer. Oh my God, what is that? How is that going to be? And yeah. I, you know, like how much is that going to cost? And yeah. what else do I have to do? And oh my God, I don't know anyone. And then Karina said, "Don't worry. Well, what about have a think about who do you know who got divorced?" And then I'm like, one, two, three, four. <laughs> and literally, oh, no. I I went into one some good friends, and I said, you know, when you got divorced, who which lawyer did you have? And it didn't take long. I asked two or three girls I know, or women who got divorced in the last whatever five years prior, and I found the best lawyer on this planet. Well, and, and one of my friends said, "You don't have to go anywhere else. He's the one. He's amazing." Really? And it was. I went and I thought, "Oh my god, that was easy." You know, <laughs> I booked a consult. You know, and he he said, you know, he he asked me why I wanted to separate. Those typical questions were, and I just told him the story. And then in that first one and a half hours or two hours, it was. I went. I, he said, "This is your case. This is what can happen. A, B, or C, or whatever." You know, and um, I said, "Great, okay." I was like, felt totally relieved because I knew you had a roadmap, the, the, the directions. Exactly. Yep. And then I said, okay. And he said, okay, if you need me, call me. And then I literally called him about four weeks later, you know, when that was all in that year. And at some point, um, you know, when I talked to my husband, then it, it all started, started with the lawyers. And, but just as an example, that was how it happened. It, there was always stuff coming when I needed it. And yeah, 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 and yeah. this year, like the whole year, that made my my belief in this whole <laughs> Buddhist yeah. philosophy is like is so strong. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a great saying. I don't know if it's Buddhist or not, but it's a great saying. I always remember: when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah, and I know. It's so true. So I kind of yeah, it's just lived by these guidelines, and it and yeah, and then I I. I kept going and, and then now we're coming to the dancing. <laughs> that was a year later. So basically end of 2017, the lawyer stuff was so, sorted out, you know, and then I, um, I, my husband actually went with our sons to um, Adelaide to his mother and for a week or so after Christmas and I was alone at home and I, I kind of, I knew, you know, we knew already we would need to sell our house, you know, at some point. And I knew it wasn't far away. So it was for me this kind of saying goodbye to the house thing. Yeah. And um, well, I think it was on the 1st of January. I was like thinking, I was sitting there by myself thinking, oh, I just watched some nice movie. And <laughs> I opened the CD drawer, was, you know. It was Dirty a- Dancing. No, no, no. Quickly <laughs> ballroom. Quickly ballroom. All right. Uh, great. <laughs> because I knew, you know, we had a few DVDs. And I thought, this is a fun movie I watched that is dancing and music. And while I was watching this, I heard this voice. 
in my head and it said, go back to the dance school. Oh and I thought, God. oh my God, this is it. And, and I and had, did you, had you danced in Germany or had you danced here? Yeah, I danced um, when I was 15. Um, in Germany, oh, they oh, still wow. have this tradition. You go to a dance school and you learn the basics of waltz and, you know, some okay. basic standard dances. And um, and I, I remember I loved it at the time, but no one, when you are 15, 16, that is so uncool, ballroom dancing. <laughs> you know, no one did it. And I was like, then I just didn't do it, you know, oh anymore. And I, we did our course there. And then we had a little ball at the end. It was amazing. But that was it. And then, um, but I have to say, when I came here to Australia in 2009, I came through a dance studio and not like not a not a ballroom dance studio. They did like jazz dance and um, you know other style of dancing. Latin and, and other things, ballet. They, but they had um, there was a salsa class, and a guy came in who has a salsa school. He's on the Central Coast in Gosford, and um, so I learned. I started learning salsa, and I thought this is cool. I like that summer. Yeah. So I went to salsa socials, and um, so I for a year in Manly here, yeah, and I just danced salsa. Wow, um, salsa! But then, yeah, I I stopped again. So I, but I still had these shoes. So on that day, I thought, where are my dance shoes? So like literally, <laughs> that was from two thousand nine, and then or ten. It was then two thousand eighteen. Like the shoes were somewhere in a cloth bag. Oh my god! Yeah, I found them again, put them on, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to a dance school. And then I googled dance schools on the northern beach just like straight up while the movie was still on basically oh my god and a day or two days later i was in a dance school <laughs> That's it. so you're obviously you have a lot of you know regimented <laughs> ways in in terms of how you live but at the same time you're extremely impulsive in the way that as soon as you come to oh, a, yeah. some kind of um Epiphany, you act on it really quickly. I need I knew that was one of these things. <laughs> I knew I need to, I that's it, I do that. So Bettina, why do you think expressing yourself in all these different artistic um, practices is a way of therapy for you? Oh, well, writing and dancing can be very healing. And um I realized that um with the writing which I started um, in 2015, you know, like you go through, a, it's a journey. And the, some of the things I wrote initially, they never came into the book. Yeah. You write <clears throat> about all sorts of topics that you think you want to write about. But at the moment when you're writing, you don't actually know why you are writing about it. That's you know, you, it can be actually some of the chapters or the, Things I wrote, I still have everything I wrote. The teacher always said, never ditch anything, keep it somewhere because you never know what it can become at some point. Gotcha. Yeah. Or if it goes in your book, or maybe it's a blog post, or maybe it's something else, but don't throw or delete your writing. So I have all my previous manuscript versions and chapters that are just some are just random chapters you you write about it and then yes you know I mean I was also part of a writing group and um 
So sometimes the, 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 the other writer said, oh, this is actually great. This could go there. Oh, yeah, yeah really. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's everything happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Um, so the writing and especially memoir writing, I've been, I, um, <clears throat> I've done to get started, I've done a couple of courses, classes with the Australian Writer Centre. Okay. And I'm still friends and with my writing group, we still work together. Like the, we met in these classes in 2015 and now seven years later, we still are meeting. It's a core group of five, six people and they're all memoir writers. And um, some of them have really um, tra dramatic stories. You know, mine is not that dramatic. It's kind yeah. of interesting and spiritual, but yeah. I didn't have any domestic violence or abuse or whatever, but some of yeah. the, people go through a lot in their childhood or when they grow up or whatever happens to them. So it's very healing and um, yeah, helps everyone to work through their yeah, whatever me. situation, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and the so that is the writing. And we talked about that in the writing classes as well, you know, that the teacher, the, she's a memoir author has published several books and, the one I did my initial courses with and um and later on I over the years I attended workshops and writers festivals and you you know like stuff from in the industry and you yeah. learn from everything but um <clears throat> it's definitely that is a he has a healing side of things the same as painting yeah. art can be is used for you know people with any, you know, mental health issues or whatever, you know, art is very um, therapeutic and or can be. Um, <clears throat> but the dancing, the dancing, dancing for you is like, obviously a big thing as well. Yeah. It like when the dancing came much later, so it didn't all happen at the same time. It, as I said, when I had this thing, I went to the dance school and was totally hooked on day one, literally for like three days later after my email, I was at my first lesson. And I realized how much I loved it all my life and never did it. And I said, now I'm doing it no matter what. And that's what I've done then, you know. And now I'm I'm so, yeah, I'm training quite a lot. I'm dancing competitions. and Wow. And what style of dancing are you um, focusing on right now? Uh, I do ballroom international now. So I learned with Arthur Murray. That's an American oh, wow. yeah. style, um, smooth and rhythm it's there's a different way of dancing american style and the international the competitions we dance you dance international style ballroom and it's only a, a certain amount of dancers you know there's a standard awesome. dance like waltz foxtrot tango <clears throat> and then you have latin dancers cha-cha rumba samba jive and paso doble and oh um God. these are the dances for the competitions and so i'm dancing pro am with different coaches it's fun you know and I'm I'm very um and like the dancing is also oh my god I wrote a whole chapter on what dancing means to me and it's literally the the, the, the most important thing what I realized it's my fountain of joy I wow. call it wow. because it is it just makes me happy to dance Whatever it is, you know, I do also still the street Latin stuff like salsa and bachata. I learned a lot of uh, a lot of dances in Arthur Murray, which I'm now not dancing anymore actively. But 
it's um <clears throat> it just brings me so much joy and I'm always happy in the dance school or afterwards it's like yeah it's, it's extremely social as well you get to meet this whole community and become part of this you know more yeah. intimate community of people and you share all these yeah. experiences and, and that's the other thing it is socializing mm-hmm. it is mindfulness because yeah, it is I hardly talk to my teacher when we are dancing because I can't, you know, I can't, you know, when you do, like when you drive your car and you talk to your wife or your water partner and say, oh yeah, and you drive subconsciously somewhere and it's all okay. But with the dancing, I have to concentrate so much on all these 5 million things I have to (laughs) concentrate on because it's a full body workout. It It is. is so detailed it looks like nothing a lot of people oh that looks easy you know oh, I said, no. luck with that try it you know <laughs> it is not easy it is very demanding physically yeah. and mentally yeah. and so it's for it's almost a meditation sometimes because you have to concentrate so much on Definitely. whatever you're just learning at that moment and then it's fitness of course yeah because you know, Latin chive, cha cha, they are full on dances. You you need you need stamina, you need to practice that you keep, you know, can dance the time it is that is required. And yeah, it's it's so and it's draining for the brain. It I is. mean, there's lots, you just need to Google the benefits of dancing. You get tons of articles, research, what have been done, you know, what how good it is for brain health and um keeping young and what yeah, yeah and also because you have to it really exercises the brain because you're yeah. constantly trying to remember all these different steps and moves and, yeah yeah you know. it is very um sometimes i'm so mentally exhausted after the lessons that i think oh my god i need a break now you know it's so <clears throat> so many details and it's never ending i guess like in every sport yeah because what i do is is not just social dancing it's dance sport it's you learn something and you think oh now i managed to do this that is now looking great and then my coach comes okay now we are doing this we're putting another layer on top and i said what (laughs) and then we just start all over again you know oh my god it is like i had this today i had a lesson i usually have my lessons at lunchtime because my dance school is a bit further away and this is the only way the traffic is (laughs) kind of manageable um and i said i feel like we stepped up a notch in the in the level what we are dancing is it yeah but now i feel like i'm you know back to square one because it's it's new and it's a new um level i'm on and i have it's just it never it goes ding 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 it's it's almost like two steps forward one step back seems to be that in a lot of pursuits of that nature yeah yeah so that is what the dancing means to me a lot and um it's just um and now i decided i never give that up again as long as i can i'm going going to be dancing and um that's amazing and this is like what i'm saying i found um i found it through this challenging time you know yeah it became your therapy yeah and so yeah but that was then in 2018 and that and this whole massage and the dancing then changed also the trajectory of my manuscript. You know, I started literally adding other things and then kind of reshuffling everything. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and and why and did so, you why did you start why did you begin to write your memoir in the first place? 
because it's becoming quite a popular um, thing to do, but not everybody wants to go and do that. It was literally is also a really interesting story. I came across a book called Memento, okay. which is um, from a guy in the US. It's like a journal form and okay. it has a hundred and whatever, 30 questions about uh-huh. your life. Uh-huh. And it's kind of made like a journal. You know, you have, there's a question, you can fill it out in that book. And I, I came across that somewhere through someone in end of 2014. And I started, I thought this is kind of interesting. And I, I, I started filling it out. It took me like three months, you know, every night I would oh fill out one God. question or whatever, you know, and had it on my bedside table. But then I realized how many gaps I had in my knowledge about my my fa- my family history, my parents' life, you know, how they grew up. And I thought, this is not good. You know, I was like, I don't know. It just felt really strange. And I thought, I need to, I need to research that. And then, um, and that was one, it's a little bit like the dancing. I made it my new year resolution in 2015. I thought, I'm going to start writing about my life. I had no idea how to do it. And um, wow. <laughs> so the first thing I did, I Googled <laughs> writing courses. Yep. How do you write your memoir? <laughs> and I ended up in at the, you know, I thought the best thing is to seek professional help and get started properly, either than, you know, spending, wasting months and weeks and write what they were doing it wrong. So mm-hmm. I, um, I, I did a life writing class, as I said, um, and then, um, eight months later in August, I did the advanced life writing class with the same teacher. Right. Wow. And that was like, and, and she was amazing. She said us off. She said, okay, first of all, you need to get into a daily habit of writing because otherwise you never get a manuscript together, um, yeah. like of a, a substantial size of 80,000 words. So, so this is a yeah. lot. If you have never done any long form writing. For sure. Um, and I, I, that's why I thought, oh, my God, how am I getting to 500 words, you know, like what, a thousand, you know, like a oh, chapter or 2000 words. And so she, she said, get into a daily habit and you need to carve out the time and something else needs to go. So I stopped watching TV and instead <laughs> I was reading and writing, you know, so. And was that in any particular time of the day? Did you set yeah. a particular time of day that you wrote every single day? Yeah, in the morning between the morning. five and six. But because a lot of people I'm a say morning, that they do it early morning. I'm a morning person, and usually my sons at the time they were younger still. And I at six I wasn't usually in the kitchen making lunch boxes and breakfast like what every mum right. does, you know. Yeah. And um, so I thought, okay, I can't do that at night because I knew my brain is not. I'm not a night person, yeah. so I said I have to get up an hour earlier. So I got up at five and went into the office and kind of get got into this habit and um and in the evenings because the other thing that this lady said to us you need to read widely not only memoirs and biographies but also other stuff so i thought oh my god when do i do that so i I squeezed it in the evening as i stopped watching tv i went to bed earlier and read every night you know like half an hour or whatever whatever gave you it inspired you to write in different ways inspired you oh yeah to construct your own you need to read because I read, I don't know how many memoirs, I have a bookshelf full of memoirs and biographies, yeah. but it, you know, you read that stuff and then you think this is, you, you, because of, you do the writing courses, you, you get an eye for the yeah. structure, how authors do stuff. And then you see, and sometimes in books, I thought this is a cool structure, you know, like doing 
exchanging timelines or, you know, swapping, like, you know, go, go back and forward or exactly. is it all chronological or how do yep. authors write, a um, you know, whatever, um, a prologue or, you know, what do they do? And it's so you learn from all of that. It's, um, wow. so that's, that's the thing. And the other tips, what, what I kind of learned in that whole time is really surround yourself with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. For me, it was my writer's group. Yeah. And that's usually the case. A lot of writers that I speak to always write together in a writer's group, or they're always in mm. very close contact with other writers doing a very similar project. Mm. Yeah, and this is also, you know, it was not like I invented that. That came out of that writing class. You yes. know, that he, she said, look, Writing groups are amazing and find some people you, you connect with. And obviously memoir writing is very vulnerable, vulnerable and yeah. authentic. So you, you're not making up stuff. You're writing about yourself and your life. And so yeah. we, we then all decide, okay, we want to, because, you know, we, there was a few people in that class, which we, we got along well. And then we kind of thought, okay, let's form this memoir group. And there's no other genres, yeah. just memoir writing. And <clears throat> So yeah, that because that helps because they know people who are not writing have no idea how how hard or challenging it can be to write a manuscript. Oh, of course. You know, it's a different thing if you write a blog of five hundred words. Or even that's challenging enough. I know. Yeah, or you have to um, make a whole manuscript going, and and then that that was you know the habits the the people and then um mindset is coming back again you need to have like you need to be like <laughs> having the blinkers like on and just keep going because yeah. in my you see my story it took me 7 years to find a publisher a commercial publisher and i was last year i was at the point where i thought okay if now I, I pitched again to X amount of publishers, you know, if that is not working, I need to self-publish or whatever. I, I didn't want to do it again. But, and then, and then that's now another really cool story. My publisher is none of the publishers I had on my list. It's actually came through a dancer friend. Oh, wow. A ballroom dancer. And he saw one of my posts about my book and that I was looking for a publisher and then he messaged me, and I didn't even know that guy very well. I met him once in a in another dance school, and he said, "Hey, do you know? No, do you need an introduction to another publisher?" And I said, oh, "Why not? You know, <laughs> can't harm now." I'm... And he said, I, "You know, I think you met him, Max, already." And now then it dawned on me I had actually met this guy at a oh. competition last year in April, but I didn't know who he was. And Kevin only said quick briefly, oh, that's a friend of mine, Max. But I didn't know he was a publisher. I didn't know he was German. Yeah. So funny. Oh, weird. Um, and anyway, he connected us. I sent, he said, Yeah, send me what you have, you know, your synopsis and your bio and whatnot. So I sent the stuff and then like Six or eight weeks later, I get an email last year in, that was last year in um, October. Um, yeah, we read it. We are interested in publishing it. I thought, this is unreal. After seven years. Amazing. Anyway, so, and as I was saying, it's just you need to keep going. Yeah, even yeah. if it's like, looks like totally desperate. Keep it's, going. Uh, it is the commercial publishing land is very challenging you know if you're not a famous person or which i'm not you know 
it, it, yeah. it's almost impossible to get a publishing deal or you know to get it's they because it's, it's a business publishers are business people they want to yeah. know that they can make some money from it somehow you know and and what what do you say about uh, self-publishing how do you compare that oh i didn't want to do it again yeah. <laughs> it is it is a business in itself yeah. i mean i at the time I did literally the whole project management. I sourced my illustrator, my book designer, the printer. And then you think it's done when you have the copies. I mean, I I didn't do print on demand as such. I actually had 500 copies printed and they were sitting in my garage in 2014 in March. And I was looking, I remember that I looked at this palette and thought, okay, now, how are we getting this <laughs> out of era? That's you know? right. And I then it started. It was so. It's a business in itself. Yes, yes. I, what was I, your What was your first book about? Oh, it's a. It's a, it was a business book, like a practical style guide for people ah, downsized from house okay. to apartments. Right. That's why after my studies, you know, in yes. the design school, I. Um, so it has a five step process, quite practically with tips and stuff how to do it and. But I, yeah, I had to literally, what I did then, I found myself a distributor, which was already great. So they took most of the copies on and got it into the bookshops. Mm-hmm. But I also went like literally in the mall in Berkelow. I said, hi, I'm living here. I wrote <laughs> this book. Would you take it on? And some of the bookshops did. So wow. I had to deal with the bookshop. It's like, but it yes. is a never ending thing. Huge and I, I just thought, no, I don't want to do that again. And then when you have a publisher do it for you, they look after the promotion and every and the distribution. Yeah, well, the, the, they look after the, what they do is they do all the they take the printing costs. You know, they print, they design the cover, they do all of that, but they don't do a lot of promotion these uh-huh. days either. Okay. That is like forget about that. You know, as an author, even if you have a big publisher, you have to do stuff yourself. You yeah, know, and yeah. I, I mean, it's very was very clear in my contract um even that they, they i mean and the the publisher i have it's called m w no um <laughs> so it, it confuses me it's m b w publishing M-B-W enterprises publishing. they are based in germany okay. it's not a big publishing house you know and they have a few titles so it's i knew they would not you know but i was happy that I get that book published and they get it through their distribution channels, you know? And so now I, I just need to do more promotion. And that's why I asked you, you know, about the podcast and I'm going to a charity event um, in May with a, here in a local charity and where they, they said, I can also have a table and sell some books, you know? Fantastic. You should go to writers festivals and all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, you have to do a lot yourself. Yeah. It's it's still time consuming, but I mean, I'm so happy you now. I can't wait to have a copy finally that this project is out. You know, wow. because I can't. My my writing group always said, "Oh, don't you want to start something new while you're away?" And I said, "I can't. My head is somehow blocked." <laughs> yeah, you still need to see this to to fruition I, before you can start. Yeah, like I know. I wanted to get that out somehow before I can. Now I can sort of, well, I have to do some promotion and marketing stuff, but it's kind of then I, I'm, I'm almost like a blank canvas and I can start something new if yeah. I want, you know, so, yeah. yeah. 
Wow, but yeah, dude, so, what a story. My God. It's and, all. And, and what do you think? What do you think you learned through your own writing process of this memoir? Was there anything you must have learned a lot about yourself? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, that's a big question. Yeah. Look, it's um I guess there's three things that I also learned in my in my business. It's it's how you show up to things, you know, it's like you need belief. Mm. attitude and commitment in a way so belief first and foremost in yourself that you can actually do it and that is one of the hardest things people have you know a lot of people don't believe they can do a thing or whatever they have a dream but they think they never get there and that is so um that's so important really to work on your mindset i still do daily personal development i read books always you know working on myself and great that is one thing and just never give up, you know, like having this attitude of keep going and be grateful for what you learn along the way and, how, you know, that you show up every day. And Definitely. Um, Mindset is so important. Yeah. And then commit being committed to something. That, and that is something I, um, I'm now helping people to who want to write a book. You know, I have a couple of clients who ask me if I can edit their book and help them with the whole process. And yep. Um, I always say you need to have 150% commitment because if that is just, ah, maybe I'll do it one day a bit, you will never get that manuscript together. You need to say, okay, this is now priority for a few months. I sit down every day or every single day or every week or whatever, and I need to get some words on this paper. Yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and get into a habit because if you're not committed, that's with everything, I guess, in life. If you're not committed, really, you don't do it, you know, like no. you think, oh, it's never priority. And so I think that is, um, yeah, was a big yeah. learning. But uh, it must be incredibly rewarding and, and incredibly <laughs> nourishing to finally see this book and say, wow, that's my yeah. life. It, yeah, I know. Book. I'm still for me it's still a bit like weird because I don't have the copies but I get next week as the publisher said they are organizing this print on demand thing here for me in Sydney so that Mm -hmm. they don't have to ship the copies around the world right Um, and so I'll get some hopefully by end of next week or so (laughs) a box of you will see it on social media (laughs) when I love it Bettina thank you so much for coming on the show I really enjoyed that discussion and that deep dive into your story you know you've obviously extremely um passionate about writing and about exploring all your different artistic um, practices yeah um and you know kudos to you for you know taking the initiative and committing to doing what you did because you've done an incredible job and i look forward to seeing the book yeah just maybe if people want to have um get some note notification when it's available they can go on my website it's bettinadeda.com and there is a little form to fill out yeah definitely so i'll, I'll make sure i put the uh, yeah. links to that in the show notes everybody please check out bettina's new book dare to dance and uh, we'll put the link to the uh, yeah. to be able to register on her website for that book and keep um, in touch with everything else she does uh, yeah um, and um any other tips or strategies for our listeners anything else you want to leave them with Oh my God. <laughs> I guess for, I guess going back to the topic of change, um, it's this really this if you are in a like a pivotal, is that the right word, moment in your life where you know there's something is going in which direction do I go? I guess it's like 
the two options are only there's one if you can become a victim of your circumstances and just do nothing or to embrace change and like go for it and you know take all the opportunities that come with it because there is there are opportunities opening up when you make a decision to Love change that. something and as well you know in your own story don't always do it alone you can get help yeah yeah don't always have to take everything on by yourself yeah there are people to help you and there are people to guide you yeah. yeah, I love it, love it. Well, Bettina, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. I've had thank a fascinating you. discussion. What a story. And <laughs> I hope the audience loved that as much as I did. This, we covered so much interesting material. So check out her book. Um, it will be out very, very soon. And um, everybody, enjoy the day, enjoy the week, and we'll be back for another episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. Bye for now. Thank you, Darren. Bye. Thanks again for joining me for another episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. If you would like to join me as a guest on the show, I would be delighted to collaborate. Feel free to buzz me on 0414-659-800 or email me on darren at suspendedanimation.com.au. I'm always on the lookout for great guests who can share their stories and expertise with my community. Also, if you have been thinking about putting your own podcast together, and not sure where to begin, look no further. I run a really simple three-part podcasting course, one-on-one with me, where I walk you through the entire podcasting journey. You will end up with a fantastic new podcast to start sharing right away. Feel free to get in touch to discuss further. But for now though, have a fantastic day and I'll see you next time.